Peter's leaders, everyone, our prayer team. Father, thank you for everyone that is just submitted to you. And uh, we pray for our visitors, first-time visitors especially. We welcome them, Father, in the name of Jesus. We pray for our luncheon this afternoon that just fellowship and new friends. And Father, we pray if anyone came in here not knowing Jesus as Lord and Savior, that they would leave saved. Father, if anyone came in here feeling empty or lonely or depressed, we pray they would leave healed. If anyone came in sick in their body, Father, that you would heal their physical body. If they had a financial obstacle, a debt, an insurmountable mountain, that in the name of Jesus, that mountain would be removed. Father, speak through me by your Holy Spirit power, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would turn to Luke chapter 5 with me, verse 16. Some of my favorite scriptures. If you've been here for the last 15 years, and actually the only one that's been here for the total 15 years is you, hon. So thanks for staying. Um, uh, Luke chapter 5, you've heard me preach this before. But you know, you could look at a, a passage of scripture and preach 100,000 messages and still not have enough. <laughs> um, so it says, so he himself, that's Jesus, often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Now it happened a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power, there's my favorite word, remember? Dunamis! And the dunamis of the Lord was present to heal them. Then behold, men brought in a bed a man who was paralyzed whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling or the roof into the midst before Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said to him, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, so this is what they were thinking, not what they were saying. This is what they were thinking. He said, why are you reasoning in your hearts? What's easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately the man rose up, before them, took what he had been lying on, departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed. And they glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, we have seen strange <laughs> things today. Imagine you're at home group. Somebody starts ripping off Courtney's roof. <laughs> you're going to see something strange. You're going to see Courtney go out onto the roof and find out what's going on. But this was literally in someone's house, possibly Peter's house. And the, and the roof's getting ripped off while Jesus is there. And, and then all of a sudden, they lower a man into the room. I don't know about you, but I like when church isn't the norm. If somebody wants to rip this roof off, and of course, you have to pay for it. But if someone does, <laughs> I got no problem. <laughs> hey, to get to Jesus... But I want to share with you really quickly, I hope our worship team's close because they're going to be coming up soon, but three things that will hinder you. See, it says that the power of the Lord was present to heal them, but not everybody got healed. As a matter of fact, one person got healed that, in that instance. It was the paralyzed man. Something's wrong here. There are three things that will get in the way from you receiving God's power for healing, whatever that healing may be. Healing isn't only your body. Healing is your mind. It's your will. It's your emotions. It's your finances. It's a lot of things. It's your marriage. It's your children. <laughs> healing is a lot of things to make whole, to make something that's broken whole. How many of us could use some form of healing in our life? Amen. The first thing we see is it says that the scribes and the Pharisees were there, sitting by Jesus, the scribes and the Pharisees. So Jesus' ministry is attracting people now. He's in Capernaum, okay, possibly at Peter's house. We're not 100% sure, but we know that the place was so jammed 
that they couldn't even get a par- I get, Can you imagine them on the outside? Look, there's somebody paralyzed. Could you think we can get in? Wouldn't let them in. And the religious leaders are in the front, basically surrounding Jesus, because they're coming to check what he's doing. See, because religion is always about what you're doing. <laughs> I loved Pastor Kevin's message that he gave while we we're taking communion is that, you know, Jesus did it all. He's the one. There's nothing we can do to win salvation. There's nothing we can do. But yet church people, church leaders, us, me, <laughs> I find myself trying, you know, hey, am I not doing a good job, God? Are you not proud of me? I stuck with it, God. Look, it's, it's, it's what sin will drive you to do, to say you're doing something. Religion will get in the way of real power. And 2 Timothy says, having a form of godliness, something, something that looks godly on the outside, but denying the dunamis power on the inside. So sitting here are Pharisees. They're sitting. It's kind of like Psalm 1. It talks about people that sit in the seat of the mockers. Listen, Grace Church is growing right now. I mean, we're growing. I mean, something's happening here. There is a revival happening here. And it's attracting people. But it will also attract spirits that will come in and say, what are they doing there? I want to come in. I want to see what's going on. What kind of music are they playing? What kind of pastor is that crazy Pastor Joe? And by doing that, they'll miss the real thing that's going on here. It's the power of God that is present to heal. And they'll sit and they'll, I call them Christian commentators. Oh, look, there goes the offering basket. It's just going by. Look at that. There they go. Look at the healing line. Somebody just fell down. Oh, they got them back up. You're just coming to watch. Commentate what you like, what you don't like. I loved those first two songs. The third one was okay. Are you here to get healed? Are you here to bring people to get healed? So number one, religion will get in the way. Amen? Religion will get in the way. Number two. Number two, logic. Logic. Or intellect. I said logic, okay? All right, honey. You laughed at me, okay? Does that mean you have to say 10 nice things to me now? <laughs> logic. Oh, boy, where did I get that one? Logic or intellect. When Jesus, he perceived that they were thinking. He perceived that they were reasoning. Because your mind wants to tell you that one and one equals two. And two times two is four. And three times three is nine. But I'm here to tell you with God, one plus one is none. If God says it is. If God says today is Monday, guess what day it is? Monday. See, there's nothing logical about grace. There's nothing logical about his power. It doesn't add up. My friend and I used to joke about the scripture, and we weren't joke be, being, you know, blasphemous or something, you know, but it says that, you know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We used to say be transformed by the removal of your minds. Because there's sometimes you just need to stop thinking. <laughs> stop reasoning everything. Imagine, listen, if you were blind and Jesus said, I'm going to spit on the ground and take that mud and put it in your eyes and you will see. Would you let him? If he said, I'm going to vomit on the ground and put it in your eyes and you will see, would you let him? Doesn't make any sense. I would. Because the healing is the end game. How it happens is up to him. Don't start thinking things out. The word there is dialogamadzi. It's a Greek word. It's where we get the word logic from. And it's used also in 1 Corinthians 13 where it says don't count, don't count evil 
done to you. Remember that? You know what I mean? Couples, you know what I'm talking about? Like when you get into an argument and he brings up something that happened a decade ago. That was supposed to be erased. I mean, I love my wife. And she doesn't do it anymore. <laughs> but, and I did it too. You know, there are times where you bring up something and you thought, you thought it was over. You thought it was done. But it's something that was still, had still, was still pain to her or pain to me. So it's been counted. It's, it's somewhere, right? How many of you got a notepad somewhere? Come on, say amen. I know some of you do. I'm not talking about a notepad in your hand. I'm talking about a notepad in your heart where you've counted some things up. It never works that way. Imagine if God counted up our sin, where would we be? So number one is religion, number two is logic, number three is people. How many of you know that people can get in the way of God's power in your life? And I'm not just talking about people out there somewhere. I'm talking about people in here. I'm talking about church people. Church people. Like the people in the front rows there. Not you guys. But the people, they were the religious leaders. They got the front rows. I told the first service this morning, I said, the leaders should sit in the back row. Let somebody else be the religious leaders for a week. <laughs> you know what I mean? But we get in the way too. Because we want things to be a certain way. Uh, we, I was in the prayer room this morning because prayer is really important. And uh, Brenda... Bob, Robert, were, them, the, the, the thrust of their prayer was this, that the Holy Spirit would be in charge. And I'm like, amen. And, and somebody said, you know, if Pastor Joe has seven points and the Holy Spirit only wants him to do four, <laughs> basically, or not even do it at all, that he would be open to it. And I am. And it is a little different today. But those three things, see, people will get in the way. Look, they just want to get a cripple guy in. You think you can make a path for him? I mean, people, when it comes to getting in line, how weird do people get? Oh, man. I've even gone to, like, Christian concerts or conferences, and we were online, you know, and you see somebody cutting it, you just want to cut them. What do you think, just because I'm a Christian, I'm going to let you get in front of me? Get back in that line. How many of you hate when people cut in line when you're on a long line? It's true, hon. You don't care. I do, though. It bothers me. I don't know why. It just bothers me. How many of you does it just bother you? I want to go like this. L listen, let me pick you up and put you where you belong. Who are you cutting in front of me? I've been here for hours. I hate waiting in line. I'm so impatient. I'm waiting in line, you know? But these people couldn't even let the power of the Lord was present to heal. So let's focus on what brings in the power of the Lord. What draws that out? The first thing is prayer. In verse 16, it says that Jesus withdrew to pray right before this. And you know, he prayed before he did a lot of his healing. He prayed before he did a lot of his decision-making and pointing the apostles. Prayer's important. I was praying last night. We prayed for an hour. Then I prayed at four in the morning. Then I prayed this morning when I woke up. Then I went to that room and prayed. I said, if I'm going to preach this message, I better be prayed up. And, and, and I was in there repenting. I was in there repenting this morning, saying, you know what? I don't pray enough. I don't, I, I don't put enough. Really. Let's face it. We should pray so much more. Every couple that we counsel, the first thing I say is, are you guys praying together? You know what the answer usually is? Well, uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, well, there was that dinner we had uh, last No, let's be honest. It's a choice we make. He withdrew to pray. And because of my wife now, we are praying every day. You know, because I just want to go. I want to do. 
And she's like, no. You know, she goes, you don't want to pay with me? What's the answer to that question? How do I win here? But lately I've been going, okay, it's time to pray. Right? And then she then she goes on with these really long prayers. And she prays for everything that I wanted to pray for. So then I go, Dear Father, amen to everything she said. Because now I'm mad. She took all my prayer thunder. So I think it was yesterday, I just started praying for you guys. And I've just been praying for you guys because I want you to receive the power of God. Because Ephesians 1, Paul prayed for the people he was ministering to. In Ephesians 1, there it is, 19. Before that, he said, I want these people to know and be intimate with the greatness of his power towards them who believe his dunamis, his miraculous power toward those who believe according to the working of his mighty power. The mighty is the word iscus. That other word power there is kratos. It means the holding on steadfast from his and, and, and the, power, the second power, mighty power, that's, that's like dominion or authority. He's the one who has chosen to, for, to give us the dunamis power in our life. It, it's his choice. He, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, he has raised us to a new life. How many of you know it took a strong arm to raise you from where you were when you got saved? Amen? It took Hercules to get me. I don't know about you guys. But it means that he is steadfast in that, in that, that he wants us to have that power in our life. He's steadfast about it. And then we see that it says that Jesus taught the word. If you look at this in Matthew and Mark's version, it says that he preached the word. He preached the word. So here he is. He's prayed up all night, and now he comes, and he's preaching the word. Prayer and the word will bring God's power. Now, you can pray the word. How many of you know that when you pray the word, you can't go wrong? When people say, what should I pray? I say, just pray the word. Can't lose. Imagine if all we did was spoke scripture. Boy, I'd have a great marriage. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would be spending a lot of time in Song of Solomon, but <laughs> the people that laughed actually read their Bibles. Amen. Um, <laughs> but prayer <laughs> and the word is where his power works. Hebrews 4.12 says this. It says the word of God is living and full of power and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the vision of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. See, those religious leaders had a problem with their heart. On the outside, they seemed like great religious leaders. But they were reasoning where in their hearts? Because a man's heart plans his way. It's like, you can tell me all this stuff, but I have a different plan going on inside of me. And I see, and, and we know that there are times where we're saying yes like this, but inside we're going no. <laughs> Forgive that person. Okay. Uh-uh. Tithe. Give to God. Okay. Uh-uh. Walk in your calling. If you're called to, to work in the nursery... Do it. Okay. That's me. I'm going, okay. Uh uh uh. uh. <laughs> Point being, though, is what goes on in your heart is really where you are as a man thinks in his heart. So is he. Amen. So the word, it discerns where your heart really is. And we want to receive this power. It's here. So. So we have prayer, we have the word, that he was teaching the word, and it says the power of the Lord was present. What, what am I missing? Oh, 
Jesus is the center of it all. I want to be on the worship team someday. <laughs> Jesus is the center of it all. He was the center of it all. You know, Jesus likes to be in the midst of his people. Matthew 18, 20 says, where two or more are gathered, he is in the midst. In Revelation, it says that Jesus walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands, which means the churches. He likes to be in the midst. In Luke chapter 24, after he died and rose again and they couldn't find him, two of his disciples were leaving Jerusalem. They were ready to give up. And a stranger comes up to them, a stranger disguised as, uh, uh, Jesus disguised as a stranger comes up and says, hey, where are you guys going? And they say, don't you know where you've been? Don't you know what's been going on? And then this stranger who's really Jesus starts preaching to them. Preaches from the Old Testament up into the time of Jesus. And it says that their hearts started to burn inside of them. They were like, oh my God, what is this? So then the stranger was going to leave, and they said, no, stay with us. They went inside, and they started to eat. And once they broke bread, Jesus was revealed to them, and then he disappeared. He wants to be in the midst of where prayer and the word is. And it says that after that, the disciples were gathered together in a room, and all of a sudden, Jesus shows up in the midst of them and says, my peace be with you. Jesus is in the midst of us, where two or more are gathered, where there's been prayer, where the word's being preached. The power is present to heal. The power is present. There's no, there's no disputing that. So then why are there so many walking around that aren't healed? Why are there so many people that just go to church and... and Go through the motions. Hmm. Listen. <laughs> Today, it's going to be up to you. He's done everything. It's so interesting. Like, he's the religious leader. He's the crowd. But there's a man outside that can't walk. And he can't get to the power. His friends want him there because they know. It says that Jesus saw their faith. And they were like, we can't get in this way. We're going to get in. No matter what we got to do. If we got to rip the roof order for that house, we're getting in because we know what's there. And we want that power. And we know that our friend needs that power. I'm going to tell you something. Your marriage doesn't need a counselor. It needs the power of God. Let me tell you something. Your insecurity doesn't need a counselor. It needs the power of God. Let me tell you something. Your depression doesn't need a pill. It needs the power of God. Let me tell you something. Your addiction doesn't need another 12-step program. It needs the power of God. It's amazing. Teachers and doctors are sitting in the front row. Teachers who aren't hearing and doctors who don't understand healing. Meanwhile, these guys are just like, we just got to get it to Jesus. We just got to get it to the power. It was so obvious, right? It was so obvious what this guy needed. So they get up onto the roof. They tear off the roof. Imagine. <laughs> They're all sitting there. Jesus is talking. And now these guys are like, what's, what's he going to do next? Next thing you know, the roof's up. He must be. It must be Jesus. He must be doing it. I mean, who knows what they were thinking. So they pull off the roof, and they lower a paralyzed guy. Me, I'm paralyzed, and I'm on a mat? Don't take me up on no roof. What if you fall? Like, you're like this, like, where are you going? Why are you going? We're going up. <laughs> then, you know, they tie in some flimsy rope to my, to my bed. I'm like, what? What are you doing? What are you thinking? No! So all of a sudden, he starts coming through the roof. What do you do? Go like, hey, everybody. <laughs> Hi, this, is, this was their idea. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, can you just picture this? 
I, I just, he's, he's going down. He looks over there. He's like, oh my gosh. But Jesus said, he says he saw their faith. So Jesus was obviously looking up at the four guys that bought him. I can't imagine he was doing anything but smiling. And they were like, oh, hi, Jesus. <laughs> Brought him down. And then what does Jesus do? He says, he says, your sins are forgiven. Oh, big deal, <laughs> Jesus. And they get, in their hearts, they're like, oh, who the heck does he think he is? <laughs> First of all, he forgave the guy his sins. How would you even know if his sins were forgiven? You can't see into somebody's heart, can you? You know, we, we, you know, we hope that people that get saved, they really got saved, but, <laughs> you know, we just pray and believe. You know, Ted Bundy, the last hour he killed and uh, whatever he did, 27 women, and they say in the last hour of his life, he gave his heart to Jesus. Who am I to doubt it? I, I believe it personally, but there's a lot of people that say, no. But how do we know? We don't know. But Jesus said this. He said, listen. He said, what's easier for me to say? Your sins are forgiven or rise up, crippled man, and walk? Well, it's a lot easier to say your sins are forgiven because we're not really sure. But he says, just so you know that I have the authority to do it, young man, rise up and walk. And he gets up and he walks. And I'm thinking, Lord. Wait a second. Something is hitting me here, Lord. He said, yeah, you see that? And I was like, yeah, I see that. In the Greek, in, in Luke 5, 17, it says the power of the Lord. Now, we read it, the power of the Lord was present to heal them. But that word present is not in the original manuscript, believe it or not. It says, really what it says is the power of the Lord was to heal them. You know what the sentence is before that? There were... Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting there. And the power of the Lord was to heal who? Them! To heal them! Because I'm going to tell you here, tell you right now, there's church leaders, there's ushers, there's greeters, there's Sunday school teachers, there are people that come to church every week, there's pastors, there's pastors' wives, all of us needing healing. It's not somebody out there. <laughs> Even though almost every week we will have someone come in from who knows where and get healed, you know. I, I love if, if, if somebody was drunk last night and miserable, but they decided to come to church Sunday morning and they get saved. Amen. Praise the Lord. But how many times is the people sitting in the first couple rows? And the Lord said to me, look. It's easy to see that crippled guy needs healing. It's easy to see that. But there are people that don't seem like they need healing, but they need it even more because it's in their heart. It's in their heart. You see that? Jesus said, what's easier to say? Your sins are forgiven, something that you can't see or something that you can see. The power of the Lord was there to heal them. It was there to heal them. Our worship team can go up right now. Hallelujah. The power of the Lord was to heal them. In the midst of religion, in the midst of logic, in the midst of people that are just taking up space, There's something called faith that accesses the power of God in our lives. The difference was the religious leaders, they didn't have faith in his power. They saw everything from the outside. <laughs> but those people that carried that paralyzed guy in, they had faith in the power. A power that they couldn't see, but they believed it. I, 
I, I'm telling you, let me just tell you something right now. I get to the point in my life many times where I'm just doing church. I fight that all the time. Go oh, church Sunday. Got to prepare a message. What, what am I, a cook? Put a little sauce in it, a little marinade a little longer. Don't burn it. I'm preparing a message. It's the silliest thing. There's a living God. There's a living Son. And there's a living Holy Spirit. And many of us haven't accessed that in a long time. We've just been doing church. Oh, time to go to church. Oh, what? It's time to go to church. So what? If you just go to church and leave, what is that? No. Some people will be like those men who say, you know what? I don't care what's in the way. I am going to access the power that's present. Present. Like here. Like now, I want to show you something. You see this lamp? This is you, okay? That's your head. All right. These are your arms. Some of you are wearing a dress, all right? Some of you. Do you know there's electricity everywhere? There's electricity in your body. It's everywhere. Do you see it? No. But it's there. Someone's blinking over there. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Can, can I plug this here? <laughs> if, if I get it close to the plug, maybe if I circle around the plug, maybe it'll, it'll, it'll light up, right? If I just get it close. Oh, just get, get it close, passenger. Or maybe if I take this and stick my hand. No, I don't want to do that. Unless it's plugged into the source of the power, there's no light. It doesn't work. It's useless. And so many of us, we come to church but never really access the power that's here. And the power isn't in me. It's not in them. It's his power, but it does work through me, and it does work through you. But he's the power station. He's the center of it all. But it's amazing. Here's the thing about the religious leaders. You couldn't see it by looking at them, but inside their hearts were in a bad place. And there are people here right now that look good on the outside, but on the inside, their hearts are in a bad place. They need the power of God. If you're lonely and empty, and if you have despair in your heart, you're in a bad place. If your marriage isn't better than a two, you're in a bad place. If you're not praying and in the Word and trusting God, you're in a bad place. If you're not walking in your calling, you're in a bad place. So many here, listen to me. You know, Jesus said that sickness wasn't, uh, that wasn't something that showed that it was something wrong inside of you. So if somebody's hurting in their body, it doesn't mean that their heart's hurt. It doesn't. But Jesus said that the heart is more important than that body. The first thing that's needed is a healing in here. That's the healing that matters. These bodies are fading away anyway. The first healing is the healing in here. Some of you are hurting really bad, but you don't let anybody know and you know what? It's okay to be hurting really bad. How's that? It's okay. We were in my office the other day. We were talking about what is it that people don't really know about you? We were talking about that. 
So I said, I'll tell you that I get depressed, that I get down, that I look at myself and say, how could God use me? I think, oh, I, I need to just stop. I, I can't be a pastor. Who the heck am I? The devil puts those thoughts into my heart. Depression, oppression. I need the power myself. That's why I got to plug in. Well, last night I started plugging in. And I've been plugged in since. And you know what? I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm set free. It's for you. He said the power towards you. Let's make sure everyone here is saved first. And then I'm going to give you an opportunity for an altar call to plug in. You need to plug in. say this prayer. We want to make sure that everyone here knows Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior because you can't plug into his power if, if you're not saved because your sin gets in the way of your access to him. So say this prayer when we say, Father, I know that Jesus is your son. I know he died on the cross for my sin. His blood covers my sin. Three days, later, Three days later, you raised him from the dead, from the that, dead. I could have a new life, that I could have a new life, a life filled with power, life filled, with power. filled with your power. I receive that now. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer and you meant it, you want to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, raise your hand right now. Hallelujah. Is that your first time saying the prayer? Is it your first time? Come up here. Come up here. Come on. You can do it. Come on. Stand up. Come up here. Come on. Come on. Come on. It's okay. <laughs> Don't be shy. Come on. Don't be shy. It's all right. You can stay. It's okay. All right. Come on, encourage her, encourage her. Come on. If you would be in agreement as I if you wouldn't be in agreement as I pray over these young ladies right now. Just reach out your hand right now in Jesus' name, Father. We just pray for the decision that they made today that you would just pour out your power in their life right now. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, everybody, close your eyes, bow your head right now. I don't care how long you've been saved or how short you've been saved. <laughs> doesn't matter I want you to be honest before the Lord right now do you need to plug in do you need to plug in it's done by faith faith is believing and speaking and moving okay I don't care who you are, because God is no respecter of people. If you need to plug in by faith today, I want you to raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. All right. Amen. Amen. All right. Everybody who raised your hand, come up right now. Come up. Come up to the front. And just line up from this way all the way that way. Listen to me. There's enough for everybody. I remember, <laughs> I remember when Brenda said to me, Pastor Joe, there's an unlimited supply of this power. We do it by faith. 
I'll remind you, we do have that luncheon afterwards, but this is more important. What's going on inside is more important than what's going on outside. Now, we are going to have a moment where we'll, if you want prayer for you, we will pray for you. But I, I, want, to, I want you to know something. Jesus never laid hands on that paralytic. Never laid hands on him. He said, your faith, your faith, it's your faith. It's not magic in the prayer of someone. It's not, it's, do you want to tap into the power? You, your heart makes the decision. I made a decision yesterday that I was going to preach about this. I better have it. And I started praying. And I started meditating. And I started worshiping. And I haven't stopped since. And I don't plan on stopping. It's a decision you make. There's a few people that are sitting down right now that know they need to be up here. So while we're worshiping, if the Holy Spirit tells you that's you, then just get up. But we are going to do it by worship. We're going to sing about how He is the center. You see, when we do that, we appropriate His power. There's no better way than worship. Why? Because we're in, when we worship, we're praying, we're speaking the Word, and we're making Him the center. Can you do that today? Can you let His power overwhelm you today? Some of you, it's going to take more than 30 seconds. Some of you, it might take five minutes. But whatever it takes, let it run its course. Jesus the center. 
and you pray and you worship through him. You send to heaven your worship and your praise through Jesus. And that God returns his power to you through Jesus. And it becomes a cycle. A cycle for you. As you send it up, he sends it down. Your heart to the heavens. Now I want everybody to stand up right now. We are going to create a circuit with heaven as we worship through the center, through Jesus, our heart to the heavens, and you will receive power from him, through him. Hey, 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 it doesn't make sense. Remove your mind for a minute. Do you want real power? Do you want real power in your life? Remove your mind. Stop reasoning. Some of you know you're supposed to run up here, but you've reasoned something. Somebody has detained you, some thought, some spirit, some person, some, some, some lie has kept you from the power of God. Why would you stay in your seat? Let it be the center. You should be running to the altar for that power to come through you. Jesus be the center. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. From the heart to the heavens. Jesus be the center. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. From my heart to the heavens. Jesus be the center. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. From my heart to the heavens. Jesus be the This part just reminds me of those four men that weren't willing to stop at the crowd. Some people would have come to that building and said, you know what, it, maybe it's just not God's will for me. It's just too crowded at this place. Maybe I'm going to go home and I'm going to stay this way. But those four men were not satisfied. They were like, we're here. We're getting in. We're going to break the walls. We're going to break the ceiling down. Are you willing to break a ceiling down? Are you willing yes. to break something down to get touched by Jesus today? Are you willing? Come on. From my heart to the heavens, 
pray in the spirit right now. Wherever you are, just start to pray in the spirit. Hallelujah. Pray in the spirit right now. Pray in the spirit. Take up your bed and go home. You know, most of us would say, now that I healed you, you got to hang around me. But Jesus said, you go home and you tell somebody. You tell somebody that has seen you in this place. You go tell your family that you are healed, that you are free. You go tell somebody that you've already complained to that you've already asked for help, you go tell them, I am set free. Hallelujah. And next week, we won't have room for two services. Amen. Hallelujah. You go tell somebody, (laughs) declare your healing. You run into that house that you've limped into before. And you celebrate your healing. And you celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. not part of that, you're welcome to stay and worship. God bless you.
Yes, it's all about you. 